This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast on which we discuss news, ideas, and opinions about comedy. My name is Igor Monday, and with me is David Munoz. And today we are discussing talk show hosts, different kinds of interviewers, late night hosts, etc. Uh, but uh, David, since it was your idea and your topic, maybe you can introduce it mm-hmm. better. The, the thing is, like you know, you I'm, I've watched a lot of like Stephen Colbert, uh, Conan O'Brien. Uh, I remember back in the day, I used to watch. Uh, uh, Leno and, and Letterman a bit. And these days, I guess, uh, a bit more Fallon and Kimmel. Uh, you have all these type, Craig Ferguson. You know, there's been a lot of these these uh, hosts, and they're great. But like the, the one that, I think the part that, that gets, uh, that I was thinking about, is I started noticing, like, okay, so Conan, you know, it's been mentioned, he used to write for The Simpsons, right? Jimmy Fallon, SNL guy. Uh, you know, he's a performer in SNL. Jay Leno was a stand-up comedian, uh, straight up sort of stuff. Um, a lot of these guys have a comedy background, a strong comedy background, not just like a light, like, you know, uh, there is a little bit of comedy. No, no, they they either were writers for programs like SNL, uh, they did sketch comedy, or they were just straight up stand-up comedians. And I was then kind of going backwards going, well, why is that? Why do stand-up comedians get chosen? I mean, even now, other shows that aren't late-night talk shows, but other shows like um, like the ones uh, hosted by Trevor Noah and John Oliver, like these news programs, are now leaning towards comedians. But late-night show uh, has kind of changed because in the now they're all comedic backgrounds. In the past, though, they had a different background because I, I started doing a little bit of research... And, you know, the, the greatest of all time, some would say the king of late night talk shows was a guy called Johnny Carson, right? He is considered the goat uh, amongst all everyone. Now, if you talk to Kimmel or you talk to Fallon, Leno, Letterman, all of them would use him as the inspiration. They grew up with him like he was the best. The thing was him and all those before him had a different background. They all came from radio which was a, a different sort of uh, medium. So they all came from a radio background. Why do you suppose that could be? Why this transition from this radio past to now these these days, it's all about comedy writing in some way, shape or form or performing? I guess because before that, the radio was the go-to media, actually, like because Carson came mm. up in what, like 70s, maybe even earlier, like 60s, yeah. 70s. So, but before that, I mean, how many people had a TV set like in sixties? Uh, yeah, as compared to now, obviously not like you know only three people in a city or in a village, but as compared to now. But radio, I think, was in every house, even in every car by that point, maybe. Yeah. So you know, I think it was something that to be and to be on the radio, you had to be. There was no kind of editing no nothing as we have today all this kind of like again podcasts we can edit even live radio is not what it used to be i think the quality has dropped so to be like a radio host you host you really had to be a good speaker good interviewer good like uh, you know uh, so i think that translated well into those kind yeah. of programs where you were a talk show host your job was to talk to people and to host yeah. that's the only two things when whereas now it's more your job to be an entertainer and a showman and i think that mm-hmm. overlaps more with 
the backgrounds of people that you mentioned that come from uh, sketch shows, stand up, uh, this kind of this kind of maybe even writing for some comedy series as 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 well. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the other interesting thing is when I was reading up about Johnny Carson a little bit, you know, they were saying like one of the, the big things, the thing that he innovated was like his witty repartee with the the guests. Um, I think he himself, Johnny Carson, um, seemed to have a bit more of a comedic side, or at least he had the quick wit to be a comedian sort of stuff. So he himself, I think, was a sarcastic and, and all the rest. So it, it was... Um, it started leaning towards that sort of side. And I think that was the quality, obviously, that producers and things started noticing, like, that's what made him better than the rest was his banter. And I think that's that's a big thing for late night today is is for late night TV show talk shows is the banter. You need to get this back and forth yeah. and make... Because the, the thing is, all the guests, every single guest that goes onto those shows, it's for promotion reasons reasons of promotion they're there to promote a new book a new movie tv series song whatever like whether their background or a tour that they're doing they're promoting something um which is information but it needs to be delivered or in a package that's fun and entertaining and i think that banter that wittiness is why it transitioned from from the radio host who was more formal, uh, like you said, well spoken, into a more light, bantery sort of way. Like even someone like Graham Norton, who is probably one of my favourites, uh, he's amazing. We were looking into his past just now, and you know he has that radio background. But uh, what was his comedy background? Uh, he was a part of some kind of stand-up uh, drag show act, some stand-up yeah. drag queen act, yeah. And did like exactly. French festival with that, so mm. exactly. So even then, he was this alternative, you know, uh, kind of uh, avant-garde sort of style comedian. But obviously, a lot of the drag acts is a lot of this back and forth sarcasm, wittiness, banter sort of thing, and and heckling the audience. Yeah, the comedian heckles the audience. Uh, they they kind of switch the the script in a way in many different ways, and it's brilliant. And so I think, yeah, that kind of, it's that background. It's it's that thing that makes him so great. And the fact that they sit around on couches drinking wine or whatever they want to drink because most of them are drinking. And they're having this loose conversation because that's what people want to tune in. And in the meantime, they also discover, oh, right. And they've got a movie coming out. I'll go watch it. But it's about that banter. It's about that witty. But you also mentioned something else that is kind of how late night has changed over times like in the past it was just these guests it was more serious but i brought up like the fact that now a lot of um a lot of them do uh they introduce uh, stand-up comedians like they can do sets like on conan o'brien he would regularly have stand-up comedians performing a short set uh on, on many of these comedian shows you know it's a regular thing that a comedian will come on and do a five minute set or a three minute set you know yeah, it's, I mean, they're incorporating more and more of these entertainment, like on Graham Norton, they always have like a musical number at the end, uh, mm -hmm. on Jimmy Fallon or whatever, they play these kind of different games and quizzes and whatever, like yeah. uh, stuff like this, because I think just interviews, uh, it's very much, you know, if it's someone who is 
well-loved and, and kind of charismatic and funny, then the interview itself will be fine. But sometimes like not all people in show business are really interesting people, you know, sometimes they're there <laughs> just to really present their movie and stuff. And then on Grand Norton, for example, you have like four or five people together usually, which again creates some kind yeah. of chemistry dynamic. But on these other shows, it's kind of one-on-one -on -one mostly. And sometimes mm -hmm. they have some kind of, assistant or whatever like the you know the 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 conan had the, that uh, guy that was always on the chair next to the guest yeah who i guess fallon has that higgins dude or whatever his name was one of them had that gay robot was it craig ferguson yeah craig ferguson uh, yes. so they yes, always yeah, had the, this kind of you know like uh sidekick as well uh, but mostly it's a one-on-one -on -one interview so it's not always that interesting so they don't then put them into some kind of games and you know sketches or whatever where they can yeah. it's more entertaining and less about the actual conversation with that person but i would say that here it's also a very big difference between like british and american talk shows and, and stuff because British ones are always, as you mentioned, like Graham Norton gives them drinks, gets them like tipsy. Uh, they're more relaxed. <laughs> it's more people together. Uh, Alan Carr, Chatty Man, also a British talk show, similar concept. Like the, as soon as the person walks in, he's like, what can I get you to drink? Has like a little mini bar on set uh, and stuff like this. Yeah. Even Jonathan Ross, who is again, like, comedian with like comedic background uh, more people on the couch usually like three four people together and this is something that i see james corden started doing when he started hosting the late late show in america also he kind of got out out of behind the desk and kind of joined mm -hmm. the the and usually will have few people together as well as opposed to kind of standard you know like letterman or uh conan or whatever it was always just one mm -hmm. person interview and more focused on the interview that's why i think for example letterman went to do this like netflix show where he just sits in a kind of dark room no audience and just interviews a person because that's what he was always doing just interviewing people you know yeah 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 and i think that's the the evolution of the late night talk shows is is like from the radio persona to the more serious interviews which obviously letterman has then gone back to in a way he's kind of going in reverse he's kind of going no i just want to focus on the person and their information not the the games or not the necessarily the banter as as, as such i want to get actual info uh, but at the same time it's about obviously he's getting people on there not for the reason that they're promoting a movie but because he wants to interview the person he wants to be a serious interviewer in a way yeah but and a lot of these shows it's, it's yeah it's like you said they're 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 moving away from being just behind the desk now um another thing that i noticed like a lot of shows uh, like when you watch steve colbert and a lot of them uh, jimmy uh was it uh jimmy kimmel and all the rest they they have the opening monologues it's a stand-up set it is a stand-up set and i think a stand-up comedian uh, or people with that kind of background have that ability to because they don't have days to rehearse this set. You know, it gets given on the day because it's topical stuff. Generally, it's what's recently happened that they have to then perform in front of an audience live. Well, recorded, but like they have one take really usually. They got the teleprompter, but you can't just read it directly. You got to kind of have it semi-memorized, be able to glance and perform it, but do it with the correct timing, do it with the pauses, do it in such a way. So they're doing, these people are doing stand-up sets every single night, whether they've written the whole thing themselves or not. Well, no, but the whole point is they're doing new sets every single night, a new set. 
which is quite phenomenal. But you need someone who has the timing. You need someone who does that. And someone who's probably into radio, it would be a little bit harder or from other backgrounds. Like it, comedy writing, but in particular, I'd say performing, like sketch shows and things, allows you... Well, you've developed these skills already. You know, they kind of come pre... Yeah, but I mean, even, even from the point of kind of writing and, and uh, uh, let's call it observing like observational comedy or satire and stuff that's why comedians are good like john oliver was a comedian way before he was a tv mm. anything like actor presenter host he was just a comedian yep. trevor noah was a stand-up with like four or five cinema specials before he got into hosting this satirical kind of uh show because that's what comedians always do you know like we look around we see things that are not as they should be and we write funny bits about that and that's why they are so natural and good in those roles as well and then when it comes to kind of entertainment and just you know providing some kind of showmanship then we have people like Jimmy Fallon who you know like uh, if to talk about like you know good or bad talk show hosts and stuff I could make mm -hmm. a clear distinction and I would call Fallon a bad one that's just you know like a clown that just laughs at anything people say that's pretending and overacting constantly that's you know uh and then we have some really good ones like Graham Norton or I think Craig Ferguson was a really good one like I, oh, he, would, he was brilliant really charismatic and he would get people really talking about what kind of what they you know care about and they're passionate about some new movie some new book new album whatever but in such kind of interesting and funny and witty way that it's not just you know whatever a person says you're just like pretending to laugh and that they said something amazing but in like a genuine like he seemed like a genuine person like a guy yeah. that you go uh, for like you go have a drink with and he's still like a funny dude which i can't say that fallon or or Corden or whatever seemed to me like that and especially Corden got into a lot of trouble recently some scandals yes. and uh, he's stepping down as the host and Trevor Noah is, is stepping down as the host yeah yeah so oh but Trevor Trevor's doing it because not because of a scandal it's no just no he's, he's doing it because time and yeah, he wants to he, move on it kind of ran its course this this career or point in his career for Corden yeah. it's the same on paper but uh, also he's faced this scandal with mistreating his employees apparently something that Ellen mm. also happened to to kind of encounter and that she also like it was kind of a daytime talk show right but still one of the biggest talk yeah. shows but she also had so many problems also a with, comedy background yeah also a stand-up right uh and uh yeah so so basically Corden stepping down and recently there was this scandal with him stealing Ricky Gervais joke like word by word basically in his monologue mm -hmm. but then it was you know even Gervais came to say that it was probably a stitch up because you know a comedian you know if he knew that it was Ricky's joke he just wouldn't do it but that probably some yeah. writer like wrote it for him and he did it and now people are like oh Corden stole a joke he doesn't write those jokes he doesn't know yeah. what's gonna come up on the teleprompter but yeah, so it seems like more and more these people are also seen as not as interviewers, not as hosts, but as, you know, like celebrities, as performance oh, entertainers, yeah. showmen. So people are kind they're constantly under a microscope, under, you know, uh, for this behavior towards the guests, the staff, the writers, whatever, whatever. And yeah, in the last few years, there were numerous, numerous scandals surrounding those like talk show hosts and people which i don't remember like yeah. that 
it ever happened before, like regarding Letterman or regarding Conan or like whoever came before them. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I also think it's a it's a high pressure sort of job. I mean, especially the the daily ones. I mean, you're performing every single night, and that show has to be ready, and they got to prepare for it. I mean, it it takes it's a lot of a lot of people involved, and and it's high pressure because it has to get done by that by a certain time every single day. I mean, it, it's 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 a high pressure cooker sort of situation. I think. Well, yeah, but I mean, again, it's, I think people overestimate, you know, when they say like, oh, Fallon's show is so great, the games he plays with the guests are so kind of fun and interesting, like, uh, thanks, Fallon. I'm like, he didn't come up with those, you know, like he didn't, he didn't come up with them, he didn't produce them, he didn't write them, he's just there, like he's the face of that show. Well, maybe he did, I don't know, we don't know exactly his involvement, but maybe he came up to an extent, maybe he came up with, yeah, or maybe... Or maybe out of the three show- games they play, he came up with one and two of them came from someone else or some other people. Yeah, okay. Or, or he mean, assisted. Maybe he maybe he wrote most segments, but it still like a production crew and, you know, like yeah. stage crew and everything behind that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just because it says tonight's show with Jimmy Fallon doesn't mean it's his sh- he doesn't run that show, you know, like it's just yeah. he's the and, and face I do, of it. And I do... Yeah, and I do like it when they they acknowledge, like when Stephen Colbert's like, "Oh well, this is one that the writers came up with, or whatever." Like you know, or like when they acknowledge that there are other people involved. Uh, I did think it was a little bit ridiculous when they were like, you know, James Corden saw the joke, and I'm like, wait, it's part of the monologue. He probably didn't write it. Like as you said, it's probably a writer who wrote it. James Corden probably didn't know it maybe hasn't even heard the joke before didn't realize it was a ricky gervais joke that this writer had put i'm kind of curious whether it was the writer consciously put it in there because he wanted to to stitch up Corden, or like because he had a beef with him and he's like i'm gonna get you back i'm gonna put a ricky gervais joke in here and you're gonna look like an idiot and because you're the face you're gonna get blamed for it or whether it was a one of those subconscious cheats where maybe the person heard the joke forgot about it and then it just pops into their mind again like one of those memorized or memory things or whether it was even or whatever something else i don't know i'd be kind of curious to know that well but yeah even even ricky gervais i said he came to some like uh, radio show or whatever it was and they asked him about that and uh he was like yeah no way he kind of deliberately uh, mm. agreed to steal that joke it's just like you know uh either mm. someone wrote it for him and he just read it off of the the thing or uh you know i mean e- either someone wrote it on purpose or someone three years ago or whenever this special came out of ricky saw the special once forgot about this joke started thinking hmm, what yeah. would be funny and it came yeah. to them kind of in the but then def- definitely it wasn't gordon who wrote it and definitely it wasn't gordon who stole a joke from ricky gervais yeah but there were some talks yeah. about his behavior on set and kind of towards some staff members and stuff that was also but yeah w- what do you think about all of these kind of and something with a restaurant oh yeah 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 exactly but uh, what do you think of all these supplements to the talk show? So they are still essentially in their core talk shows. But I would say that at this point, yeah. there are so many segments of those talk shows that are way more popular than just people coming in and talking. Like uh, this carpool karaoke that Corden started that mm-hmm. uh, kind of basically pun off into a separate series on, on MTV yeah. or whatever. Then there was this yeah. uh, like kind of mic drop or whatever it was called where they battle like rap battle 
celebrities yeah. uh, and this kind of well, stuff. Well, the lip-syncing one. The lip-syncing lip one was one cool. As well. uh, then Fallon yeah. does a bunch of those games as well. Like, like, I and there was a food-eating one. There, is, there was like, you had to eat disgusting food. It yeah, was like, you, have you to, spun the table. Yeah, you have to either answer a question or eat something disgusting. And exactly, there is like yeah. box of lies where kind of a person is trying to lie to you what they have in their box. Uh, I, I mean, mm-hmm. there is like hundreds of those games that they play. Yeah. But do you think that this is something that is adding value or it's just taking away the value of a talk show? Like, is it cheapening the talk show or is it adding entertainment value and thus pushing the talk show up? Well, I think it's like I said before, it's the evolution. Before it started like, it was just a live version of a radio interview was the way these things began. And I think now it's evolving almost. I think what people want to see is it's almost like they're looking into somebody's dinner party. Like, you know, when we used to do the, at your place, you used to host quite a few nights, game nights or game days and things like that, where you would have people come over to your place and we play like your new year's parties were basically games parties, you know, sort of thing. And we were playing all these board games or we were playing uh, those uh, computer style games, you know, the, the live box ones or whatever it was called jack in the box jackbox so jackbox right um so i think that's what in a way that's what they're becoming it's people having game nights the equivalent of like a game night on tv and the banter between them it's like i said it's getting away from this interview process and it's becoming more about the banter and the back and forth and one way to create that banter is either you get alcohol involved and you get drinking like graham norton does like you get your guests to have a couple of glasses and loosen up a little bit and just treat it like you're sitting around the coffee table having a little bit of a chin wag. and if you notice he has literally a coffee table there you know he's changed the dynamic it's it's a living room pretty much he's sitting in his living room he's in the armchair and somebody and the guests are on the on the couches with an armchair opposite with a coffee table i mean and they're all sitting there drinking it's it's an afternoon it's it's a get-together these games i would say are becoming the equivalent of everyone sitting around playing a board game taking the piss out of each other but they're obviously incorporating the interview in it like you know answer the question or eat this disgusting food you know so let's get to know a bit of you and in the meantime by the way you've got a movie coming out you've got this album coming out you know la da da but we get to see your more human side your fun side we make you more relatable because that's going to help sell because people go oh i like that person i'm going to buy i'm going to watch their tv series because they seem like a good person even though in the tv series they're the villain and a baddie but in real life i actually know what they're really like they're fun and witty and in reality maybe not but they've practiced for it whatever oh i think it's it's kind of helps that part because not all of them i think maybe 20 percent of celebrities are actually charismatic and and witty and and intelligent Mm. even i mean like to be an actor or musician or Uh whatever no offense to anyone who is but you know to to learn some lines or to learn how to play the guitar or have a good voice you don't there is no iq test for that to be a comedian i guess you have to be a bit more intelligent just because you have to be you know aware of things and come up with things on the spot and stuff but still uh but but it also even if they were all geniuses let's call them all everyone who's talented is also genius it still doesn't make them a people person it still doesn't make them charismatic and fun and so on so i think in that sense for to Mm. make those because it used to be like that if you watch like talk shows uh from 20 years ago there are three guests 
They come one by one, they come out, they sit, they speak for 10, 15 minutes, they leave. That's it, just an interview. But now it's much easier to make those people look interesting or fun. If you give, you know, like you give Michael Schumacher a small toy guitar, uh, you give someone Tom Cruise, you give a xylophone and someone else you give something and they play a little song instead of just sitting there being boring and not knowing how to answer questions. So I think it's that (laughs) part where... Exactly. Kind of help yeah, totally lu- lubricate the the format with some different yeah. kind of things that people might just either either be actually good at, which is then like, oh wow, Daniel Radcliffe can rap, you know, like or like that, or they're mm-hmm. actually fucking horrible at it, which is then you know like entertainment value because it's like, oh ha ha, Lady Gaga can't, I don't know, like cook and like fry an egg or whatever you know like so it's kind of haha we see celebrities yeah. out of their comfort zone and and you know this kind of stuff but uh I, and they're letting us laugh at them a little bit yeah but i think it's still human, mostly vulnerable. mostly like for example i like with uh kimmel he has a bunch of these games but with people like they would go out on the street of LA or whatever it's filmed and just interview people about some stuff like uh, quizzes about like guess where the country is or something like this, like ask an uncomfortable yeah. question or whatever. So like at least it's everyday people because also seeing someone, some celebrity who has like five Oscars and $50 billion trying to like, I know, ha, 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 yeah, I'm here to promote my movie. Fuck yeah. off. Like, you know, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would say that out of all of those, the one I kind of watch and enjoy watching is the Graham Norton one because it's really interesting and funny and kind of there is always kind of yeah. good chemistry, good synergy on that couch. The rest, just the clips on YouTube. Uh, obviously, like we don't get it here in Croatia on TV every evening like you get it in the States mm. or in the UK or whatever. And uh, we actually don't have any Croatian equivalent of such kind of e- even daytime i think we have only one or two talk shows but they are very boring and very dry and very serious uh so there is no kind of humorous talk show especially the late one no nothing like this with satire with comedy with games with celebs nothing like this not even similar but yeah what what about Mm. you what is the what are the ones that you watch and is there something similar back home See, I, I would, ah, okay, so we, we, we did for a little while, um, we had a guy called Rove, Rove McManus, uh, his show was called Rove, he tried to switch to America, I think it was the early days of, like, Netflix and stuff like that, or something equivalent, HBO or something, in the early days he tried to transition to, like, America, but it just didn't take off, like, Jim Jeffries also had his own show, I don't know if he still does or not, yeah. but it just never, it never became big, but it was, in Australia, yeah, he was huge, and he would have these international celebrity guests, so they couldn't make it to Australia, they would have a live telecast of it um so we had an equivalent yeah it was games and stuff like that it was the aussie version and i think his mistake was that he tried to go to america because he wanted to get bigger but i'm like dude you were just perfectly big enough in australia like as in i think he was Mm. i think he could have just kept it going but anyway i mean i um, think the 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 money you can learn uh, learn the money you can earn learn on those two markets (laughs) is just uncomparable so uh, uh, I know, I know. Especially yeah. the TV money Green and the uh, uh, kind of, yeah, the contract. But I don't like, think he was. I think he was making good money in Australia anyway, because he was he was the only one. He had really no competition, and he pretty much just boom. Everyone had to watch his show to find out the latest celebrity gossip or whatever. So, but or, I, you know, I still think I mean. good money in Australia yeah. from doing TV or comedy and okay money in America is uncomparable. 
True, possibly. Anyway, but the point is, so um, there was that. I used to watch more like, you know, Conan O'Brien, loved that one. Craig Ferguson, that was great when I was able to catch it because it's late, late, late night show, whatever it was called. Um, I think these days I really, I've kind of stopped watching them quite a bit, but and mainly, like you said, on YouTube and stuff. Uh, Stephen Colbert is probably the one that I watch the most um, because I still find him quite intelligent. He kind of gets a bit more political and whatever like that. Like, you know, he's willing to kind of poke fun at things. But Kimmel is pretty good i think and fallon is fun i think fallon for me fallon and corden are like the fun ones that you just watch just for the hell of it kimmel and colbert are a bit more the intellectual kimmel is a bit more fighterish he's a bit more kind of sarcastic and caustic colbert is sarcastic in a I don't know how to put it, witty. But I like those two for their intelligence and for their the way they do it. Corden and Fallon, I think, would be the fun, lightweight ones, you know. They're just kind of goofy. There was one, uh, it was like a YouTube kind of show, not a real talk show, but it, the premise mm. was the, the, the kind of talk show format that I really enjoyed. It was uh, Tig Notaro, who was... She, oh, that sounds so familiar. She, she basically interviewed, because apparently... Maybe it was all like a, you know, set up or whatever, but apparently she is kind of completely out of touch with popular culture or anything like she kind of doesn't know anyone from Hollywood celebrities, whatever, like she comes on set of some, like recently she was in one of the Star Wars or whatever, and she was like, I don't know any of these people, and it's supposed to be like kind of... Uh, great a actors but yeah anyway she has this she had this like kind of talk show where a guest comes who is a celebrity but she has no idea who that is and she's uh -huh. like interviewing them and trying to figure out who they are basically three right. questions like so you starred yeah, in many yeah. movies huh have you any have you have you won anything and the guy's like yeah yeah i won like five emmys five emmys mm. when five six years ago like kind of basically she's yeah. interviewing the person but trying to get who that is so right. that was pretty kind of fun and interesting. Like a little but twist it's a on gimmick. the... Yeah, it's a gimmick, but it's a twist on the format where a person yeah. comes and we all know them and the host knows them and just asks them questions like, so in your latest movie, you play an evil woman. Are you really evil? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this kind of standard. But uh, yeah, this was a bit kind of... Was it true or not that she didn't know who those people are? I don't know. Yeah yeah i mean uh yeah yeah i gotta say though the the one probably my favorite still to this day has been always will be i think was graham norton though uh probably because because of the way he does it it's so casual and he just you kind of forget that it's actually a talk show almost like i don't see it as the same format because there's no desk and things like that so yeah. because that you almost forget that actually yes it is a talk show because sometimes the the actors really do kind of seem to loosen up a lot more and they goof around with each other and i think it's yeah i, I gotta admit like when i start watching a graham norton clip then i just end up always clicking the next one and clicking another oh he interviewed that but i didn't know that. oh those two people they go oh my god they're hilarious i'm so, i can't wait to see what they banter about but and then two hours later you're still watching freaking graham norton you just go i've got shit to do i gotta stop yeah it's like crack it's cocaine it's very binge, awesome. binge worthy and uh, oh, like there's yeah. even compilations that they like make and publish like I don't know all the guests that something mm. that got a bit drunk on the show or I don't know when yeah. when uh, people did impressions or accents of flirty people, ones or whatever. flirty ones uh, I don't know Valentine's yes. Day compilation this and that but uh, yeah it's like yeah. it's but it's good content it's kind of made to be good content like I don't think I would watch yeah. a compilation of Jimmy Fallon plays lip sync for like 20 minutes like no no thanks like three minute clip is enough yeah but
but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think we can say that, yeah, obviously, I think in conclusion for me, because of the evolving nature of, uh, evolving nature of talk shows, instead of, it went from radio, someone in radio was what producers would look for. Now producers and, you know, uh, networks look more towards the, the comedians and people with a comedic background because the performer, someone who's witty, who can quickly change because things are a bit more uh, improv, a bit more uh, spontaneous. But at the same time, it's more entertaining. It's games, it's banter is required. So people with that background are more and more likely to get the, the positions and the jobs, I think. Yeah. Is it something that, that if ever ha given a chance, something that you would go for? I think considering my age and everything, uh, me being a leading man in a movie is becoming less and less and less and less likely. Actually, yeah, I think actually it would be interesting. It would be a fun job. It would be an interesting job. The gimmick or the angle I'd work at, I don't know, but it would be, yeah, I think it'd be something I'd actually consider. Yeah, it's something that... Possibly. Uh, especially as a younger man myself, I think I still have a few years before... You know, like, as I think people usually accept it kind of late 30s, early 40s, most of the new hosts kind of, because yeah. if you're younger than that, then you're just a kid kind of, no one takes you seriously. But uh, I had one gig where I yeah. was a host of a um, kind of a gaming, gaming show. It was like a gaming talk show where uh, mm -hmm. kind of makers and producers of one particular game in one particular studio would come and, and talk about that game. But I, I kind of, that was my first and only attempt at such a gig like as an interviewer talk show host something like this but i really enjoyed it so i think like i could see myself uh, doing that at some point obviously if i ever get the call or if it ever happens seems like a, like a fun thing to do <laughs> no I, I always found it interesting that though for the job that it is you have to have you interviewing other people which means you can't talk about yourself and that's the only one trait a comedian i think would be the hardest thing is not to talk about themselves and not tell their own funny stories i think would always be the hardest part for them don't, but don't know because i think <laughs> that you know as comedians we also are very aware of others and environment yeah. and i think that we're good talkers and can provide that banter and small little jokes wittiness but i think we can we can hold hold ourselves being in front of a microphone under the lights audience so i think we do good but on that note thank okay. you so much for listening we've been the comedy kiosk check us out on all the social media and everywhere and rate us share us with your friends and uh, come back for the next episode i've been igor monday and i've been david munos so ciao goodbye have a great one